You're listening to the DNB Supply Show podcast, your number one resource for living the country lifestyle. This is your host, Matt Breckwald, coming to you from my place in the country to yours. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to the D&B Supply Radio Show. Hey, this is Matt Breckwald, and it is great to be with you here today. Well, I don't know if you know, but I learned this oh, in the last few years, and we are sitting on a hotbed of wonderful activity, outdoor activity right here in eastern Oregon and southwest Idaho, and that is rock hounding, rocks, minerals, petrified wood, garnets, gems. There is so much in the area that we get to live in, that we get to call home. And you can go out and you can find it. You can polish it. You can display it, look at it. You can even sell the things that you can go out onto our public lands and some private lands and find. And what a great activity, what a great way to learn, and what a great way to understand the geology of this very unique and wonderful area that we get to live in. Well, I wanted to bring some information to you about this great hobby and even small business in some cases to you today. And so I'm going to be interviewing Brent Stewart, who is one of the owners and one of the the family legacy of Stewart's Rock Shop located right in Boise, Idaho. He's going to be talking to us all about the rules and regulations, tools to use, where to find gems and minerals, and a lot of really fascinating history as well as the value of the things that we can find out there great interview today all about this wonderful hobby that so many people are engaged in but there's room for so many more and information about different things like fee digs a fee dig just being where you go to pay to dig and what that costs and clubs where you can find people who will mentor you and teach you about how to do this and let you borrow equipment and things such as that. Really excited to get this interview to you here and we'll have it coming up just in a moment. Brent, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining me today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. You know, I'm very interested in rocks and minerals and going out and and, and finding these things, but I haven't done very much of it. So I'm really excited to learn more today. Well, uh, there's a couple ways you can go about doing it. Uh, one is, you know, sometimes people read books or you can join a club. Uh, I am with the Idaho Gym Club. We're the third oldest club in the country. My grandfather was a charter member. It's been around since the 30s. And as a club, we go out on field trips. We have 10 claims. And we also have workshops that uh, we teach people how to cut stones. Well, I uh, that's how I found you. My father-in-law and mother-in-law are actually members of the club and they learned a lot uh, by being involved and they recommended you. So very, very cool that that is offered to folks. Well, one thing uh, that a lot of people don't know, uh, since there's been a lot of people that have moved into the Treasure Valley, is that we live in one of the most rock-rich regions in the whole United States. We are so blessed to have all these uh, awesome rocks and gems and and minerals uh, right in our back door. And so as a family, you can go out and, and go rock hounding and find a lot of cool treasures. Well, let's do this. I'd love to start off by just having you kind of introduce yourself to us a little bit. If you could, I know there's a lot of family history that goes into what you do, and you've kind of already mentioned some of that. But if you would, just give us kind of the overview of your family history and also your business. Well, my name is Brent Stewart. I am a third-generation Stewart down here at Stewart's Gym Shop. We were the first rock shop in 1945 uh, west of the Mississippi, and we think we're the oldest one in the country still going in the same family name. So my grandfather started Stewart's Gym Shop in 1945. 
he pioneered and discovered our state gemstone in 1951, and then in the late 60s, he had a lobby through legislation to become our state stone, and that is the Idaho Star Garnet. Also, um, my this is a family business, Stewart's Gym Shop, and uh, my dad works down here, my sister works here, my mother, and my niece uh, works down here as well. And you're located in downtown Boise, is that right? Yes, 2618 West Idaho Street. The nearest cross street is 27th in Idaho. And if you know where the Bronco Motors and Maverick is at 27th and Main, we're right behind Bronco Motors on Idaho Street. Okay, so the Idaho State Stone, the Star Garnet, did you say, was your grandfather the first person to, to find it? Or explain to me what, how that story went. Well, he was going up to northern Idaho to look for clear garnets to facet. You know, faceting is how you cut like a diamond, ruby, or emerald on a faceting machine. That's what he was going up there for. Well, when he went up there and he got some of the material, he brought it home and he noticed that it wasn't clear and see-through. So what he did is he started cabbing it and he found out that it has an asterism or a star in it. And up until him going up and, and, and playing around with them, nobody knew that there was a star inside of the garnet mm-hmm. up in northern Idaho. And so he took it upon himself to make that into the, the Idaho State Stone? Correct, yes. The Idaho Star Garnet is more rare than a Star Sapphire or Star Ruby. Uh, two places in the world is found, Idaho and India, and it is our state gemstone and a January birthstone. And it was in the late 60s, like I say, that he had it lobbied through legislation to become our state stone. Wow, what a bunch of history right there. That That's incredible. Well, I, I wanted to ask you about this. Is the right term to describe this hobby and this business? Is it rock hounding or is that like a slang term? Is it a pejorative or is that the right way to refer to it? Well, yeah, it's often referred to as rock hounding. It's actually, you know, kind of like with gold, you're going out and prospecting. Mm-hmm. So in that aspect, uh, uh, rock hounding uh, or, or prospecting is the correct term for going out and looking for rocks. Now, obviously, your family's made a, a great family business out of this. What do you do at your business? Is it just simply selling the rocks and gems or is there more to it? Well, we go and do gym and mineral shows. We've been going and doing shows all over the United States since uh, the late 40s. And we do, we have a full service uh, gym and jewelry uh, store here where we size rings, set stones, do uh, repair work as far, and and then we build from scratch as well. And then do you sell any of the tools or the books or anything like that that people might need for this hobby? We do. We sell uh, some tools. We sell the books. Everything, basically, that you need to get started, uh, hand tools, that sort of thing, uh, equipment, we sell equipment, and we have a huge rock yard out back where people uh, can that come in from all over the United States, and they don't have access to some of these uh, rocks and gems, and so they go out in the rock yard, and they, they can pick out stuff uh, to put in their saw and cut. Mm-hmm. Now, how often do you get to get out in the field and go prospecting yourself these days? Well, not as much as I'd like, that's for sure, but, uh, oh, I get out quite a bit, um, five or six times a year, I guess. Very cool. Well, all right. Well, we're off to a great start. Let's do this. I'm going to take our first break, and then you mentioned how rock-rich of an area we live in. I want to talk more about that when we come back, okay? Sure. Summer festival and concert season is here. But is your wardrobe ready for the next big show? D&B Supply will help you look your best with a huge selection of Wrangler shirts, jeans, and more. Wrangler gear is the perfect fit for any night out. 
Plus, with a wide range of styles, cuts, and sizes, Wrangler will keep you comfortable long after the music stops, through the after party, and even the after after party. So stop by D&B Supply for summer looks that stand out wherever your night takes you. Tired of choosing between feeding your lawn for a thick green turf and fighting annoying weeds? D&B Supply is here to help you do both with Scott's Turf Builder Weed and Feed. Sometimes feeding your lawn also means feeding unwanted weeds that have taken root. That's why Scott's developed Turf Builder Weed and Feed, which uses a weed killer while also feeding your lawn to crowd out the weeds. So get to the root of your lawn issues with Scott's Turf Builder Weed and Feed at your favorite D&B Supply. All right, Brent. Well, now that we're back, you know, the listeners to our show are going to be all the way from Pendleton, Oregon, on down I-84 to Twin Falls and kind of the surrounding areas of, of that region. And so when you talked about this this rock-rich area or gym-rich area that we're in, how lucky we are, uh, I'm assuming we're including the geological areas of eastern Oregon as well. Uh, absolutely, yeah. One of the reasons why we have such a rich area with rocks and gems in it was a caldera that started over by Disaster Peak out of McDermott, Nevada. And with uh, plate tectonics, it went all the way through the Owyhees, and then it went through the Snake River Plain, and that's what created uh, Craters of the Moon. And now that caldera is underneath Yellowstone right now. Mm -hmm. But that is what created a lot of the rocks and gems here in our state, and we are the gem state. Now, when it comes to the rocks and gems in this state, my grandfather pioneered, discovered, and even named some of them. So some of the, the... more sought-after or collector uh, agates and jaspers would be the Owyhee Pitcher Jasper. Three guys from Nampa, Ralph Fuse and Bruce Marcus and Kenny Gilbert, those gentlemen were from Nampa, and they were chasing wild horses out in the Owyhees, and they came across this rock, and they knew my grandfather worked with rocks. Mm -hmm. So he went out there, he got some of the material, brought it back and put it in a saw, and he noticed it looked a lot like the landscape where it came from. So he called it a Owyhee Pitcher Jasper. There's also another collector jasper that comes from the Owyhee uh, Canyon, the rim of the canyon, and it's called Morsonite Jasper, and that's considered to be the king of all jaspers, and my grandfather named it. Wow. We also have Graveyard Point Plume Agate um, in between Marsing and Homedale. Now, my grandfather uh, discovered and named it, and it was originally called Idaho Plume, but as years went by, when they put the bob wire fence up for the Idaho-Oregon border, he realized he was in Oregon about a mile, so he changed the name to Graveyard Point Plume Agate. And so you find aquamarines up in the Sawtooth. You find uh, road night from up around New Meadows. There's a place called Dismal Swamp up in the Trinities, and you find smoky quartz and topaz up there. You also find the Bruno Jasper from the Bruno Canyon that uh, is a very sought-after uh, jasper as well. You find jade here in our state. Idaho opal. Idaho opal comes from the eastern part of our state from a town called Spencer. And if you ever drive by Spencer, which is over close to the Montana border, you'll see a sign on the side of the road that says opal capital of the United States, and that is Spencer, Idaho. Now, uh, is it the, is it the I guess, the vast variety of different rocks and gems here that makes it such a rich region, or is it the rarity of what we can find, meaning that you can only find it in this area? Well, there are some uh, that you can only find in this area, but I think because the geology of Idaho is one of the reasons uh, why we find so many rocks and gems in it. Now, do you have a personal favorite? Well, this is an often asked question uh, from, from people 
do I have a favorite? I have a lot of favorites. I don't have really just one. I am partial to the Idaho star garnet because they are fun to dig. They are a state gemstone, and my grandfather pioneered and discovered it. And they are red to purple, and purple's my favorite color. Plus, they're worth a lot of money. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what makes something fun to dig? I mean, what when you say fun to dig, what, what is fun about that? Well, it's just like the old, uh, you know, gold fever. You get that same fever when you're digging rocks and gems. When you are finding something that is very beautiful and worth money, I think that in itself uh, gets a person excited and kind of get that fever, you know? Sure. Yeah, so you get that uh, that adrenaline rush when you find it. Sure. Absolutely. Uh, very cool. All right, well, let's do this. I'm going to take another break. I want to break here because when we come back, I want to talk about how somebody who's interested in doing this can get started. Does that sound okay? Sounds great. A well-worn pair of Danner boots has become a hallmark of hardworking and hard-playing people in the West and everywhere else for that matter. Find your next pair of long-lasting, great-looking Danner boots at D&B Supply. Hold a Danner boot in your hand and you'll notice the handcrafted precision. Try it on and you'll feel the difference. Test it against the elements and you'll appreciate the value of a product that's built to last. From classic hiking boots to handcrafted work boots to fashion-forward looks to fit your daily life, stop by D&B Supply to try Danner boots on for size. The heat is on this summer in more ways than one. Because now is the perfect time to update your old wood fireplace with a gas insert from D&B Supply. Get fired up for the change of seasons with Quadrifier or Heat and Glow stoves and inserts. Safe, easy to use, and money-saving, a gas insert updates the look of your home and heats it more efficiently. Check out our Quadrifier or Heat and Glow inserts and see why D&B is a real hot spot for quality fireplaces. All right, Brent. Well, now that we're back, let's talk about this. So uh, I would assume you would love to see more and more people get involved in this hobby. For somebody who's interested in doing this, how do they get started? Like, for example, if they wanted to start and they've never done it before and they can only go out and buy one piece of equipment, what, what should somebody start with? Generally, the first piece of equipment that someone uh, gets when they first get into rocks and gems is they get a tumbler. And the reason why they get a tumbler is they can go from start to finish with one piece of equipment and, uh, you know, it, it makes them round, it makes them shiny. And so that's what most people start off with is a, is a rock tumbler. Now, so a tumbler, because if I understand right, you talk about cutting rocks. There's some that you're going to find that you need to cut open to find what you're looking for. Is that right? That's right. Yeah, the, the other good way uh, for someone that's just getting started uh, in this hobby would be uh, to join a club. I already mentioned the Idaho Gym Club, mm-hmm. but our club has a workshop. So you have access to rock saws, uh, you have access to gym uh, cutting equipment, and we teach people how to use it. One thing about lapidary is the equipment can be expensive. Sometimes you can find used equipment. That is a good way to go. Sometimes we have used equipment down here from time to time. When we do, it generally goes pretty fast. But when you have a club and you have a a workshop where you got, you know, $20,000 worth of equipment, and then you can come in and and learn how to do these things, you know, you can get started without having to uh, really you know, invest a lot of money other than, you know, a, a membership to the club is like $28 for a family or it's $22 for a 
couple or something like that. You talked about you talked about books earlier as well. So, are there books you would recommend? Is there one in particular that can really get somebody started? Well, we have one down here. It's called Rockhounding Idaho, uh, where it has uh, maps and it has uh, GPS locations. That is a good book for getting started with here in Idaho. Another one would be a Roadside Geology of Idaho. That basically gives you, it's an excellent book, but it basically um, tells you about the geology of Idaho. And so when, when somebody buys this book and they're, they're reading on what they're going to find when they go out to a certain location, they actually get out there, they put a shovel in the dirt. I, for me, I would be worried that I was seeing what I was in search of, but I wouldn't know it. Is it, is it really easy to identify what you're looking for when you're doing it as a, as a brand new person? Well, it is uh, easy to identify if you get in the right location. That's the key right there is to get into the right spot before you start digging and looking. A lot of times when you go to these locations, I've had a lot of success when I go to some place that's brand new and I've never been there before. I jump in someone else's hole because a lot of times people don't dig something and, and spend a lot of time and effort digging someplace if they're not finding something. Okay. So I like to jump in that hole and dig like a foot on either side and, and, and try and find what they were finding. Okay, so what you're saying is you show up at a location, somebody was there, say, yesterday, they left their hole, they were digging, that hole's still sitting there, so you know they found something, you get in there, you can find it too. Yep, okay. exactly. That's, that's actually a very good tip. I don't know if I would have thought of that on my own, which... Maybe says a little too much about me, but we'll move on from that. So that's interesting. Now, you talked about the book and the GPS locations of good spots. Now, when somebody finds a great spot, let's say they find it on their own or something like that, is that something that folks tend to share or will they kind of keep that close to the vest? Uh, it just depends. There are a lot of people that are pretty guarded on uh, their locations, and so uh, they don't share what they found or where the location is. But there's other people that, you know, are very open and, and uh, they'll tell you exactly where, where they found it. Now, can weather impact your success rate? And for example, if there's a, let's say there's big thunderstorms in the Owyhee Mountains or something like that, and there's a lot of water coming down, washes that normally are dry, does that give you maybe a better chance at, at finding stuff because of the disruption? Uh, it sure does. A lot of times after a good rain, that's a good time to go look for, for certain things. Unfortunately, uh, like when they had the big soda fire out there in the Owyhees, it burned away a lot of the vegetation. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes that is a, a good time to go look for, for gems uh, because there's no brush or grass to, to hide everything. It's just kind of like with fires up in the mountains, you know, uh, the mushrooms grow after fires, so, you know, right. I hate to use that analogy, but... Well, you you got to get some sort of silver lining on something like that, right? Sure. Yeah. So you're talking about the brush hiding it. So how often will you find what you're looking for just on the surface versus having to find a spot that looks like it might contain them and dig down? Well, that's uh, that's getting harder and harder to do because over 50 years of people going out and looking for rocks, they've pretty much picked up everything on the surface. And okay. that's one of the things that you would look for, like with petrified wood, is you'd see a bunch of float on top of the ground, and then you would dig down. Well, when all of that gets picked up, then it's harder to tell okay. where to start digging down for those things. Most everything that I know of that is really good material, you have to dig for. Most okay. of the stuff on the surface uh, is just uh, 
you know, it's all weathered and stuff like that. And when you say float, you're just talking about the the freeze and thaw cycle that kind of lifts rocks and things to the surface every spring? Yeah, that and the UV of the sun, you know, okay. uh, fading stuff. All right. Well, let's take another break. When we come back, uh, let's talk about, you know, how to get to these places and legality and things like that. Sure. Feeding your pet's lifelong health starts with science, and that's exactly what's behind Hill Science Diet. Made by vets, scientists, and nutritionists, Hill Science Diet offers biology-based nutrition for all pets with formulas for every age, size, and special requirement or need, like joint health and weight loss that create differences you can see, feel, and trust. No wonder it's the number one veterinarian-recommended pet food. So pick up Hill Science Diet at D&B Supply today. You wear jeans, but you live in Levi's. At DMB Supply, we've got a pair to fit you just right. Iconic and hardworking. Levi's are legendary. Worn by cowboys, rock stars, and everyday people, we carry different washes, styles, and sizes for both men and women. These jeans are ready for anything your day brings, from working outside to a night on the town. The denim legacy lives on every time you put them on. So pick up some Levi's at DMB. All right, Brent. Well, you know, one more question about these locations. So most of the spots that that are good or that are going to be recommended, are these spots that folks can just drive to or are they going to have to be prepared to do some hiking to get into these better areas? Well, sometimes uh, you are going to have to hike to get into these areas. A lot of times uh, these areas are under claims, so you do have to be aware of that. Sometimes uh, claim owners don't mind if you go and you uh, collect on on their claim as long as you're not using heavy equipment, that sort of thing. So let's talk about that for a second then. So how would how would a person know that a place has a claim on it? Well, for one thing, uh, like this book, and it gets you into these areas, there are probably going to be claims there. So you have to be aware that they should be marked with four corners, and then there should be a center one that uh, has the information of uh, whose claim it is and, and that sort of thing. Now, why, if somebody had a claim, if they'd gone to the trouble to, I don't know if it's paperwork or fees or, or however you get that claim, but if they had that, why would they be open to people collecting stuff off of it? Aren't they trying to preserve that for themselves? Well... When we used to have a claim out there at Graveyard Point, uh, and, and me and a friend of mine, we just got another claim out there here just recently, a lot of times you go out there with heavy equipment. So no one is really going to be able to find anything. You know, they'll be able to find some surface stuff, you know, mm-hmm. here and there to put in your rock tumbler and that sort of thing. But for the most part, you, you bury your hole with heavy equipment and you're down far enough to where really someone's not going to uh, be able to uh, okay. find too much. Uh, so they're not going to, you know, take all the materials you are you got the claim to find. Right. Now, now there are some exceptions, you know, like with the Idaho Gym Club. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we just use hand tools only. And so, you know, those are all going to be shallow holes and, and you can find stuff there. But as a club, uh, um, that's why the reason why we have 10 claims is so we can preserve going out and rock hounding in these uh, areas with your family and still be able to find good stuff. Okay. And that was going to be my next question. So basically what you're doing in the club by having the claims is, is keeping somebody from coming in with the heavy equipment and removing everything. You're preserving the hobby and the, and the knowledge base for folks. Sure. Absolutely. Now I'm assuming 
that most of these, I, I would assume there's stuff on private property, but we'll come back to that. I would assume most of the places that people are going to wind up going are either going to be part of the BLM, the National Forest Service, or maybe the Idaho Department of Lands, or maybe Oregon uh, State Lands, or something like that. So what kind of legal restrictions are there on removing gems and rocks and minerals and, and everything uh, when you're out on those public lands? As a club, we also go out on public land, and so there is a lot of material on public land. Say, for instance, petrified wood, you can collect 25 pounds, I believe it is, plus one piece. Uh, you cannot claim petrified wood, but you can still go dig it. So a lot of times on BLM land, you can go out there and you can do all kinds of collecting, whether it's petrified wood, agates, jaspers, that sort of thing and you don't have to worry about it. Now, I know some private landowners that have they have gems or, or things people are seeking on their land, they will charge a fee and allow people to come and, and dig there. Is that something that you recommend? Is, is there a time and a place where that's a, a good route to go? Yeah, I've gone to fee digs uh, around the northwest, uh, Virgin Valley for their uh, fire opal, for instance. Uh, even over at Spencer, that is a fee dig. Uh, where they go get the material and they dump it behind their building and then you can go through it. Mm -hmm. Same with the Star Garnets. You can go up and dig for a state gemstone. The Forest Service has a fee dig. And for $10 a day, they uh, supply all the equipment and it's very fun to go up and get dirty. The kids love it. So that is a fee dig that you can go do. All right. Well, let's do this. I want to take our final break. When we come back, uh, let's talk about the value of what people are finding. Sure. Are you ready for a steal? Then stop by DMB to pick up steel power tools. German engineered, these power players offer quality that never quits, like the steel MS271 Farm Boss Chainsaw, available for just $429.95 with a 20-inch bar and chain. Show your project list who's boss and leave it in your sawdust. With legendary chainsaws, dependable trimmers, forceful blowers, and epic tools of the trade, steel powers through anything. Grab a steel at your favorite. DMB Supply. After a long day on your feet, nothing feels better than slipping into some twisted X moccasins. So pick up a pair at DMB Supply. These aren't your ordinary shoes. With roots in Western boots, Twisted X creates handcrafted, comfortable moccasins that stand out from the pack. They capture the spirit of the American West from the design down to the soles. Find your new favorite comfort shoes with a pair of Twisted X moccasins. Available at your favorite D&B Supply. All right, Brent. Well, let's talk about the value of what people are finding. I mean, are are the things that we can find in eastern Oregon and, and here in our region in Idaho, Is it are they valuable enough that if somebody wanted this to be, say, a self-supporting hobby, it could be? Well, it certainly has for us and our family. We, we've uh, made a living uh, out of it for 75 years. Take, for instance, our state gemstone, the Idaho Star Garnet. Mm -hmm. There was a couple that came in, and they spent two days up there digging. And they came into the store, and I told them I could cut $3,000 worth of stones with what you brought in. So it can be very uh, profitable, mm -hmm. but that's the rarity factor of the Idaho Star Garnet. Sure. And also being our state gemstone. So those are worth some good money. Your agates and your jaspers, those can be worth money as well. And that's how a lot of people, they start off as a hobby, and then they want the hobby to pay for itself. Uh -huh. And so I've seen a number of people uh, do that as well. 
And with the internet, you don't have to have a brick and mortar store per se. So, you know, you can uh, open the world to your rocks and gems with mm-hmm. just sitting in your living room. And is there a particular, I don't know, have you noticed, is there a particular region of the country or a part of the world that is drawn to the rocks and gems we can find in this region? This uh, region here is so saturated. Well, I, w- I wouldn't say that, but that's one of the reasons why my grandfather started doing gym shows going around the United States to take the local stuff that we were finding here and taking it to back east and places like that where they didn't have access to some of these uh, rare rocks and gems mm-hmm. that you find here. Are are they more valuable when they are cut and they are polished, or are they more valuable in their more natural state where somebody else can do what they want with them? Basically, everything uh, is always worth more money when it's all finished, Okay. Um, as opposed to you know buying it in the rough. That is the way to buy it in the rough, and then that way you can... Uh, finish it yourself and, and just as a point of strategy i'm i'm assuming like take the star garnet it's difficult to find and therefore it's more valuable when you do locate it but it is a point of strategy does it make more sense if you wanted this hobby to pay for itself to go after something that's easier to find but you're going to have more of it to sell in the end or to focus on the thing that's hard to find hoping to find that very rare and more valuable gem well, you're always better off to go out and find a deposit uh, where you can get a lot of it, and then you can market it mm-hmm. and sell it. Um, it's very hard, say, like with the Star Garnets, because in 1972, the Forest Service came in and they got all the mineral rights for up there. So uh, to be able to go and mine commercially, you can't do that anymore. So is the difference between commercial and hobbyist the power equipment, the, the heavy equipment? Correct. The power equipment, uh, and not necessarily, but going out and finding a deposit, you could dig it by hand mm-hmm. as long as you're finding quite a bit of it. But if you really want to make some money, uh, you're going to want to use some, get some heavy equipment and, and, and be able to dig down and, and get yourself uh, two, three tons at a time. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, what is the state of this hobby right now? Do you see it growing? Are more people getting interested in it? And, and what about kids and youth? I do see people getting into it, especially with the age of the internet. It's opened it up uh, for a lot of people. As far as with the kids, just this last Saturday, we had Kids Day down here at Stewart's Gym Shop, where I give the kids all a tour inside of the shop. I take them out in the rock yard. I give them a sack full of rocks to start their their, uh, rock collection, although most kids already have rocks because uh, mm-hmm. they all love rocks. And then we go over here to the club workshop and we make necklaces. I cook them hot dogs. And then I get them on a piece of equipment and I have the, the stones all ready to go so they can just walk over the machine and they can cut their first cabochon. So we're, I go do tours all over the state uh, on rocks and gems. So I am trying to get the, the youth involved by having kids days down here and going out to these schools and, and uh, giving presentations. But we do see a resurgence of uh, resurgence of uh, people getting interested in the hobby as mm-hmm. a family. And is everybody local, or do you see people coming in from out of state and kind of making this part of their vacation? Uh, most people are local because most people have moved here from out of state. <laughs> right. But uh, there are some a few people you know from out of state, you know, Eastern Oregon and that sort of thing. 
Well, this has been great, Brent. Uh, for people who are interested, they want more information. Let's say they want information on rules and regulations or how to get started. They want information on the Idaho Gym Club or your store. Where would you send folks? Well, with the Idaho Gym Club, you can go to www.idahogymclub.com, and we have a web page. We also uh, uh, have a grinding monthly uh, newsletter mm-hmm. that tells of the activities for the club. And then you can get a hold of people, you know, that you can ask questions and that sort of thing. Or you can go to Stewart's Gym Shop, 2618 West Idaho Street, or our phone number is 208-342-1151. Very good. And you've got a great website as well, Stewart's Gym Shop Incorporated or inc.com. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, Brent, thank you so much for, for doing the interview, but also thank you very much for teaching people about this and kind of keeping this going. I think it's a great part of our history here in Eastern Oregon and Southwest Idaho. Well, I'm very passionate about it, and I've been blessed to have such a rich history with the Rocks and Gems, so that's what I like to do. Thank you all for joining us today, and here is to you and your pursuit of the country lifestyle, however you define it. For the DNB Show, I'm Matt Breckwald. <laughs>